0: Hi, this is Pastor Rick. On Demand is where it's at, my friend. I love it. I think it helps you get the Word of God in your hand when you need it. So I want you to join me today for this incredible time of studying the Word of God. Tell a friend, hey, listen, this is the message you need and send and link it to them. Let them be blessed too. I pray the Word you hear today will give you blessings in your future and great insight in your life. Enjoy today's message. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. I'm glad you're with me today. This has been a challenging season for a lot of us because this whole coronavirus thing has made a lot of us pray. It's been a tremendous challenge to figure out which way to turn. Some people have really been asking God, you know, well, why in the world would we be in this place? What is it that has caused us to be here? Well, we may not can figure all that out right away, but I I do think it's important for us to decide how we're going to respond to it. Because as I said earlier, uh, there is a challenge sometimes with having a fear virus that spreads along with any other virus or challenge that we face. There is a moment in your life when you have to decide what you believe and you have to decide how you're going to respond. You can't always pick what's going to happen. You can't always decide what's going to happen. And I am feeling the weight of that truth all the time. So the question is, how do you respond? And so what I want to do is take you to a verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And I love this verse. This verse is uh, one of those verses that kind of speaks to you and pushes you in a way that's different. It gives you this awareness that maybe, maybe God had already thought about all this and gave us a formula. As a matter of fact, I believe that. When I face something in my life, I have learned that God has already decided. He's already figured out what he will do, what he's not going to do, and what I can do. And in this season, when we're having a political environment that's very challenging, we're having a financial market that's challenging, and we're having uh, illnesses and viruses like this, it's really tough to figure out what to do. But I believe... But what happens in these moments is there's a sobering awareness that happens. And God never wanted us in these moments to lose perspective. He wanted us to find balance. And so what I want to do is take you on a journey in a verse that has a lot of the answers we need. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Here's what it says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In this, in these, ver- in this verse, there there is a list of things that explain how we should respond to moments when we're fearful, and and i want going to say, those moments will always come. Uh, living in Savannah, we've had hurricanes, we've had. Uh, and, and there, you know, you have a hurricane, you can just leave town and go someplace or you can just, you know, we're going to run to Atlanta if you're in Savannah or run down to Florida. But now and when you have this virus thing going on. Uh, there's no way to run because it's, it's the fear of it being everywhere. And so what do you do? Well, you have to decide how I'm going to respond to what I can't control. I have to make that decision. So this is a moment. I will not control, I cannot control, but what within this moment do I control? Well, you can wash your hands, right? You can greet with an elbow or a bump. You can cover it when you cough. You can make those decisions to make sure you are conscious of what you do. But beyond that, you have to put the rest in God's hand and refuse to be a fearful person because the temptation is to become overwhelmed with fear Overwhelmed with insecurity, and you start making bad choices. So let me give you what I can, if I can, what 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, if you slow it down a little bit. So let's review, if we can, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Here's what it says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. The word that's used there for spirit means mindset, which means if if you ask what God gave you, he did not give you a mindset that was driven by fear. That doesn't come from him. Then he goes on to say this. He said, neither did he give you the spirit or a mindset of fear. That And the word fear that's used there is a word that means to be timid or cowardly. He goes on and says this. But he gave you power, which means ability, and love, which means, and it's a strong word used there for love. The word is agape. It's that big word that's used to describe the love of God that comes without merit. And of a sound and the word means disciplined mind. So let me list them for you. Please note there's four things that he's saying in this text. The word fearful, the word timid, the word cowardly, the word powerless. Let me say them again for you. Fearful, timid, cowardly, and powerless. If you were to put that all together in a sentence, here's what 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 is saying. God has not given us a fear-based mindset that is timid, cowardly, or powerless. Let me read it again. God has not given us a fear-based mindset that is timid, cowardly, or powerless. Then, if you put that together with this final thought, God has given us power and ability to love and be disciplined in our minds during tough times. Well, now, you might say, well, Pastor Rick, let me. Uh, y- y- are you saying if I'm concerned I'm being cowardly? No, no, no. Are you saying that I shouldn't be concerned? No, no, no. You should wash your hands. You should greet with an elbow or a bump. You should cover when you cough. All that's obvious. I'm not saying you shouldn't care. You should really care. And you should, like you see us doing, streaming live the service, we are really showing we care. We're doing all we can to demonstrate that this is a priority and that we should all do all we can do to make sure everybody stays safe. But here's the, here's the trick. Once I've done all I can do, I don't need to live in fear. I don't need to live in a state of paranoia and insecurity because now I'm not just fighting the coronavirus. I'm fighting the fear virus or whatever virus it is or whatever challenge we're facing. It's one thing to have a challenge of a marriage, but then to end up having fear because of the marriage challenges. You don't need to allow fear. That's what Timothy is saying. Paul tells Timothy, you don't need to. God did not give you a cowardly spirit. God did not give you an attitude that is cowardly or timid or insecure. You, sir, Timothy, young man, don't need to be fearful. It really doesn't pay. It doesn't help. It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't change anything. So if I worry about catching something, it doesn't change anything. If I act like, you know, I can get it from this person or that person, all I can do is protect myself by doing the basics. Once I've done the basics, once I've worked hard, I've saved money, I've given my best, there's absolutely nothing else I can do. I don't help myself by being fearful or panicking. And the challenge is you start panicking. Churches are panicking. Oh, we can't have church. Yeah, no, can't get an offering. Oh, we may not have any money. Yeah, well, well it's, it's God's church. It's God's church. And as a matter of fact, to be honest with you, sometimes we worship church too much. And you heard me say that. I mean that with with, with a loving heart. This is not the church. This is a place we meet. The church is bigger than that. It's called the body of Christ. We are believers called to kingdom work. And I believe this with all my heart. Every now and then when something like this happens, I believe God claps his hands. Like you do with your children sometimes. You know, you tell your kids, hey, hey, are you listening? So now all of America has to stop. The basketball players have to stop playing. The football players have to stop playing. The foot, the, the, the soccer player. Everybody has to pause for a moment and pay attention. Churches have to pause. Everybody has to pull on the side of the road and think for a minute. And I believe this is what a friend of mine told me: a correction, like they have in the stock market. Every now and then you have a you have a downturn. You have a challenge. What are your priorities? And why are you so afraid? I'm going to give you. Two reasons (laughs) I believe we're afraid. And I I believe it's it's because we've lost sight of, well, well, let me just say what they are. Number one, we're afraid of physically catching something that can kill us. And number two, not having enough money to survive it. So there are two things, and I'll talk about them later on in our study uh, next week. But there are two things we fear. And so we need to deal with that. God never wanted you to be afraid of dying. And God never wants you to be afraid of poverty. And this thing will grab you by your throat and make you afraid. What if I lose my job? What if you do? Is he still God? What if what if what if what if you can't come back? Is he still God? And and I'm telling you preachers, you need to hear me. We are afraid. We some of us have gotten afraid of trusting God. This forces you to trust God now. Now who are you going to trust? You don't you don't have the power to change this today. And when you don't have the power to change something today, what do you do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can wallow in fear and 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 and, and be, be timid and and, and cry and, and, and bite your nails, or you can trust God. You have, that's all you can do is trust God. So we talk about it. We like to you know we like to read those stories in the Bible. Well, you know, Daniel went in the lions den and and Daniel walked into the lion's den and Daniel said, you know, oh, Lord. And you like to talk about Daniel and the lions. But what about you and your financial challenges when you walk in the bank? Or what about when you're facing something that you can't fix? Or what about when you're facing a, a medical thing you can't fix? See, we, we like to talk about the Bible stories, but we don't want to live them. Well, today we get to live one. We get to stream live and live one and say he's still God. He's God at home. He's God here. And I believe it's time for us to figure that out. He's God everywhere. If he's not God in your house right now while you're watching me streaming live, he's not God. But I believe he is God. And I believe he's here and he's there. And then there's a little bit of an arrogant thing going on too. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, that streaming live stuff, that's not, that's not real. Well, it better be real today. It better be real today because that's all God gave us for a lot of us. And so we have to decide, do we believe him? I believe him. And I believe it's important for me to remember the four things he gave me. Number one, he said, I gave you power. God gave us power, he said. Secondly, he gave us ability. Thirdly, he gave us love. Man. When things get tough. He gave us self-discipline. I can deny myself. I can say no to me. And right now you have to do that. Say no to fear. Say no to that mindset. Because let me tell you what all starts. It all starts in the mind. All of it. All of it's in the mind. If you can fix your mind, you can fix your future. If you can't fix the way you think, you can't fix your future. So how are you thinking these days? What are you afraid of? What's got you scared? You know, I, I love to have a big question. My big question for the day <laughs> had to do with fear. How should we respond to fear? How do you respond to it? What are you afraid of? What's got you nervous? Sometimes I, I have to admit I'll sit down in some of those moments when I'm afraid. You get afraid, Pastor Rick? Oh, man, yeah, I get times when I'm not sure what to do. There are times when I don't know if I have the power or the ability or even, catch this now, the love I need to get through something. Somebody may say something to me, behave in a way that I think is unkind to me, and I have to remind myself. God said, I gave you enough love to deal with that. I gave you enough self-discipline to deal with that. You have the power to step over that. You don't have to be dominated by that. You You can be different. But the key thing is you've got to face the truth. Because in these moments of fear, there are revelations that come. And there are four revelations I want you to notice. Number one, in these moments, it reveals our deepest fears. And I mentioned two of them to you, death and poverty. And so when you come to this moment, you have to decide. Now, Matthew chapter 6 makes a statement in verse 25. And I just absolutely love this verse because here's what he says, Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say to you, Do not worry about your life. Big statement. Pause right there. I don't want you worrying about your life. Now, that's not a call to be irresponsible. That's a call to make a decision. Who do I trust? Here's what he says in Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will put on. And can I add to that? Or your church. Are the people, are the buildings, are the stuff, are your career? Add on to it anything you want because at some point you have to decide, am I in charge of this or not? The text goes on in Matthew 6 to say, I clothe the birds, I clothe everything around you, I take care of the ravens, and I can take care of you. But these are the moments when we decide whether you believe that or not. Because in moments of fear, your deepest concerns come to light. You know, sometimes when I'm talking to a person, I, can real, I realize that they're, they're not mad. They're not mad about what was said to them. They're mad because the words that were used reveal something. You wives go through this, right? If a man has money and you mention money, he don't worry about it because he got money. But if you ask him, so where's your money? Now, he don't have any money. He gets up tight. You know, see, you just reveal something, see? A lot of times if you talk to a woman and she's upset about something, and she's, all you have to do is, why is the house like this? Now, see, she's, she's upset because you talked about her dirty house. But it's always dirty. And so you reveal that she tends not to be a good cleaner of a house. And so sometimes fears reveal deep emotions, deep issues. So what does this season reveal about you? What does it say about your confidence in God? And your confidence in yourself. And I think every now and then, these are moments where we come to great revelations. So the second thing that happens when you go to these moments, these times, is it reveals, number one, your deepest fears. Number two, it reveals your foolish divisions. Sometimes in moments like this, when you go through great challenge, <laughs> you realize that stuff we argue about is foolish. We waste a lot of time arguing and struggling over things that really don't matter. And thirdly, it reveals how much we are connected. In this moment, with this virus and all this stuff that's happening, we're all connected. Shaking hands, touching each other, breathing in the same air. We're all connected. Which brings me to a point that I think is so powerful. It's in Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Here's what it says. And he has made from one blood. One more time. And he has made from, God has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their, uh, their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. The bottom line is, now that you're going through all this virus and colds and all this stuff, you know, we're, learned, we're all connected. Baptists, black, white, American, form, foreigner, Chinese, uh, Asian, it doesn't matter. You can sneeze on me and I can catch you. You know what that says? <laughs> it says we're all in this together. What I do affects my members. What you do affects your neighbor. So, as God claps his hand and we all pause for a moment, maybe we need to rethink everything: how we politic, how we relate, what we are mad about, what we say to each other, how we live. Maybe. This is that time. (laughs) So God never wanted us to allow our minds to be fearful, timid, or cowardly, or powerless. That was never God's plan. God wanted us (laughs) to be in tough times. He wanted us to have power, ability, love, and self-discipline. I believe that God wanted us to, in these times, he wanted to reveal to us our deepest fears our foolish divisions, <laughs> how we're connected, and basically that we can spread things to each other. We're one blood. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that there's anything about this that's easy. There's nothing about this that's in any way um, simple. But there are some things we gain out of this. Believe it or not, I, I think you should look for the prophet in everything you can. Let me tell you the first of four things that you gain in this season. Or we all gain as a planet. We gain experience. See, now you've lived through something. Now, all the millennials and all the Generation Z, all the kids who want to spend all the money and do stuff, now they learn the power of saving cash. They learn the power of building smart and making choices that are different, called experience. Those who lived through the Great Depression understood the power of debt and how all of a sudden in one day everything could be gone. You can save in your 401K, but the market can go down all of a sudden. Now you lost 20% of your income. All of a sudden everything has changed. And if you're living off the interest on that income, so you saved your $100,000 because your goal was to make 20% a year, so you're trying to make $20,000 a year to help supplement your income in retirement, but all of a sudden you lost half of that. And one downturn of the market, and now you're, you're not $20,000 in the market, and you get $10,000 a year. You're losing money and you're feeling the pain. Now that's called experience. You learned that what goes up can come down. You learned that you don't have power over everything. Ah, oh, experience. The season will help you, though, show you how to live in the future. This season will help you change as a church. It's church, we've been talking about that in our church. How we need to build endowments and think about the future, and we need to plan for the next generation, and we need to make sure we go down in debt, not up in debt. We've been talking about that, and how that we need to continue doing what we're doing, giving together and sowing together because this is important. Families need to come work together instead of fighting each other over stuff that doesn't even matter. Sisters and brothers who are divided, pause for a moment, clap your hands, and think about this. Who cares now? When we're in this moment, when we all got a band together, who cares who's mad about whatever? So that brings to the second thing that this season can do. The gain is priorities. We now can see. This season will help shape what we do first. Everything is now different. So some of you are going to do something. But when this happened, you thought, maybe I can pause that. Maybe I can adjust it. Reset your priorities. And thirdly, it gives you what I call maturity. This season will give us a balanced way to measure maturity. You know, you will get lost in something until you get sick and you almost die and you get out of intensive care and you ride in that wheelchair out the door and you get in the car and you go home and you recover and you get back to work. And, you know, when you look around, you know, you don't argue about things like you used to. You know? You don't you don't go through the same thing anymore the same way. Sometimes God uses pressure and these moments to push us to a better place. Saying that God caused it? Of course not. God didn't cause this. God didn't cause this. This is not this is this is man's involved in this. This is not God created. But God knew it was coming. God knew it was coming, and so now we're here. And the bottom line is what do we do? We grow. We grow up. We know we're not the first generation to have this plague, and we're not the last generation that will have a challenge. You now know and you understand older people who've lived through pandemics and epidemics and who've lived through loss and death and who've lived through challenges. And they are people who listen to me today. you got your own story. And in that hard divorce season, you grew up. And that hard challenge when you didn't have any money, you grew up after you lost that job or that car or that home or you lost something. You, you, When you got money again, when you had opportunity again, you changed. Next time you fall in love, you won't talk like that to somebody. Next time you'll adjust your words. You'll adjust how you respond because you see now that's not mature. Now you have a different Different definition of maturity. And everything in your life, I have learned so much through pain. Good God Almighty, I've learned a lot by leading and making mistakes and bad investments and trying my best. But I just wasn't mature enough. But when the storm came, I grew up. The last benefit is clarity. This season will help us see the value of building assets, financial resources. It will teach you what is clearly important in your life. Clarity. You need clarity. You know, you need to see what's important. You need to learn what's right and what's wrong. Clarity. I bet you're clear now. I know I am. Because here's what the Bible says. Set not your affections on things on the earth, but set it on things that are above. There's something about. Knowing that I don't control everything, <laughs> I don't control everything. I, I don't. Um, and in Matthew six, back to that verse again, verse thirty-one. Therefore, do not worry, saying, "What shall, what we shall eat, what we shall drink, or what we shall wear?" For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have needed them. But what you should do is seek first. Uh, I says now, Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three. Seek first the kingdom of God, which simply means, doesn't mean you just you just lift your hands and worship all the time. What it means is I seek God's rulership in my life. That's what it means. Seek first the, the kingdom of God means I want him to be my king. So what maybe we'll do now is make that a priority. I want God's will for my life. I want, I want God's will because I'm clear that at any moment I can lose everything I have. At any moment. My whole world can change. Right now, the world's changing right in front of us. But the question is, are you afraid? I'm challenging you not to be afraid. As a matter of fact, I want you to keep dreaming. I want to show you on next week how a group of people dreamed in the promised land. They dreamed. But they they lost their way. And fear had an impact on their life. I want to show you what fear can do to you. I want to show you how fear can change the whole landscape of your life in very practical ways. And so I want you to read ahead with me. Numbers chapter 13, verse 26 through 33. I want you to read ahead with me, and I want to show you what I call our read-ahead verse. And I want you to think with me about a story, and I want to show you some principles that I believe will help you next week. I want to show you how your life can change. So let's pray together. Father, I pray for everyone who's listening to these few minutes together, and I pray that what we've said has been helpful. I pray that they would allow the Holy Spirit to take the message that I've shared and bring life to their soul. May they allow you to help them manage their fear. We will not bow to this fear of coronavirus. We are not going to bow to any disease or any challenge or any physical challenge or emotional challenge. We're not going to let fear dominate our life. You did not give us us a mindset uh, or an attitude that was full of fear, but you gave us power, love, and sound thinking. And so I declare over our hearts and minds today that we will be free and we will be blessed in Jesus' name. Now I want to ask one more question before I go today. For many of you that have watched this for a long time and maybe in this talk you thought, you know, Pastor, my fear has been I don't know if I can serve God, if I can make a change in my life. I believe that this could be the moment when your life changes forever. Right now on a live streaming service that you in your home or wherever you're watching this, can be touched by God and change forever. There's something about this whole tool God's given us, on demand. Maybe some of you are watching it that way. However you're seeing this, this is the moment for you. So let me pray. Father, I pray for people today who need a walk with God, who've been afraid to cross over. May this be the day that they say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I thank you, Lord God, for the chance to make a change And I invite you, Lord, to help me. And I give you the praise. Now, let me say this. You may not be a church person. You may not believe everything I believe. But here's what I think you do believe. You need to improve your life. You need God's help. So I want you to pray. And I want you to trust that God cares about you. And I want you to give God an opportunity to change your life. Well, you heard a word today that I believe was helpful, and I pray that it gave you insight and it showed you how to see into the future. This is a season in your life when you have to make a decision in your life what you want. I believe God wants you to be blessed, and I believe God has a plan for you. And so take what you've heard today and let it be applied in your life. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard the message today. I pray this on-demand message has lifted their life and given them vision and insight. I declare blessings upon them and I declare this word will give them a new vision and a new lift in Jesus' name. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Hope I get to see you in person Overcoming by Faith Saturdays at 5 o'clock and then on Sundays at 9 and 11. I want to see you right here, hopefully, at Overcoming by Faith. We'd love to have you. Have a great day.